Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everybody. So glad you're here today. Man, you guys sounded great singing. I heard you backstage. It was just awesome. Um, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm so glad that I get to bring the message uh, and be in service with you today. Uh, we are concluding our series called Power to Change Your Life, and it has just been fantastic. And so I would hope that if you missed any part of it, that you would go back and you would listen online or watch online, whichever you prefer, um, because I know you'll be blessed by doing that. Well, I don't know about you, but I was a kid in elementary school and middle school in the 80s. Anybody else with me on that? I know as we go throughout the day, the crowd is going to get younger and younger, and I'm going to be more and more by myself, okay? So if anybody attended uh, middle school or high school or elementary school in the 80s, if you were an 80s kid, you might remember uh, some of what I'm talking about today. When I was in elementary school, my grandparents were the first in our family to purchase a VCR, okay? And they would take us every Friday to the movie store and allow us to um, rent a couple of videos for my sister and I, and they would rent one for themselves. Now, if you're under 20, Google VCR and movie store, and you'll know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, but I remember my grandparents, and again, you may have to Google this as well, the movie Rambo. They rented that. Do you guys remember Rambo? Okay. He was played by Sylvester Stallone, in case you don't, don't know. And he was a Vietnam vet uh, that was just mad, to be honest. He was just a tough guy, and he was just mad. And um, there were Vietnam vet, uh, uh, prisoners of war that were still in captivity, and he decided he was going to go single-handedly rescue them, okay? And so he was just mad about it, you know? He just went and kind of like beat up his colonel and just was going to go over there and do that, and he kind of got captured himself. I don't know if y'all remember this, but um, they kind of put him on a, a bed spring and tied him to bed spring and tried to electrocute him. Do y'all remember that? And then lowered him down in like the sewer water, and when they brought him up, he had like leeches all over him. Do you remember? I, that's just burned in my memory as a little kid, Okay. Uh, but Rambo was tough, and he was the guy that if you need rescuing, you definitely want John Rambo to come and rescue you. And so that's what he did. But here's the thing. We really don't want to live with Rambo, do we? Right? We really don't want Rambo as our boss, and we really don't want to go to school with Rambo and have Rambo be our teacher or any of those kind of things. But we do sometimes feel like we live in a Rambo-type world. Would you agree with that? And it feels like sometimes we have to be Rambo or use Rambo tactics to get through this world that we live in. However, God has a better plan. And over the last uh, nine weeks, actually, we've been uh, talking about the different kind of characteristics that God wants to produce in us in order that we may live in a Rambo world but not have to use Rambo-type tactics. 
And again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of those if you've missed them at all. We call them the fruit of the Spirit, and there's nine things. And so today we're going to conclude our series talking about these wonderful virtues that God wants to produce in us. And so we find them in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I'm going to uh, show you uh, once again that verse today, and we'll name off those things and then talk about the last one uh, that's left. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he goes on to say, there is no law against these things. So, the one that's left, the one that we haven't covered yet, is gentleness. And so we're going to talk about that today. How to become a gentle person. Now... For you guys especially, gentleness kind of gets a bad rap. And here's why. Because probably when you hear the word gentleness, you think of a mom holding a fragile little newborn baby, right? Or guys, if you are a dad, you may remember holding that fragile little baby and how you had to be so gentle and careful and that kind of thing. And that's kind of true. But for the most part, we think that gentleness means that you're a pushover, that you're a wimp. And that kind of thing. But I don't want you to think about that at all in that way. So today I have uh, come up with a definition based on the root word original meaning of the word gentleness. And so we're going to write that on our outline. Gentleness, based on the original meaning, the Greek, means strength under control. So if you write that down, strength under control. Now, what I want you to picture when you think of the word gentle is this. I want you to picture a wild stallion. A wild stallion that has all this power and energy. But when tamed, that power and energy is still the same, but it's harnessed in, other, in, in, uh, in order that it may be useful to its owner. Does that make sense? So this, this stallion, it still has all the power and energy, but when tamed, when brought under control... It becomes useful and successful in what it sets out to achieve. And so that's what I want you to think of when we use the word gentleness. Interestingly enough, just a little Bible trivia for you. The Bible only describes two people in the Bible as gentle. They are Moses and Jesus. Moses, of course, you remember back in Exodus was the guy that God said, I want you to go, Moses, talk to this evil Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. I mean, there was about two million of them. And so Moses, he is a little apprehensive at first, but brings his courage, his trust in God together, and begins to talk to the Pharaoh. And finally, these people are set free. And of course, Jesus, the Savior of the world, sets the people free from their sins. Sets us all free from our sins. And so both people here are setting others free, and yet both are described as gentle, which is kind of amazing. Jesus went on to talk about gentleness in probably the, the most important uh, sermon ever brought in history, which is the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and verse 5. And this is what Jesus said. God blesses those who are what? The whole earth will belong to them. 
Now, I don't know about you, but did you catch that last part? The whole earth will belong to the gentle? Really? Jesus said it. This must be one of the most important attributes that we can have in our life in order to get to the place in life that we want to get to. Gentleness. Strength under control. God will give whatever it is that a person who is gentle within his plan wants if they live this out. That's pretty amazing. It's the strongest trait on the planet, evidently. So, let's talk about how to become gentle. Now, I want to preface this by saying these things are so simple. But I don't want you to overlook how powerful they can be in your life if we'll learn to put these into practice and allow God to produce this gentleness within us. So, the first thing that I think we can do if we want to become a more gentle person, if we want strength but under control in our life, is this. Number one is lower my voice when others raise theirs. Lower my voice when others raise theirs. Now, for some of our personalities, that is very difficult, right? Because when somebody is yelling at us, you're going to get yelled back at, right? But what I'm challenging us today, and I think what God would have us do as he's working out these, this fruit of the Spirit in our life, this gentleness, is that we would lower our voice when others may raise theirs. Why? Because gentleness diffuses conflict. And that's what we ultimately want. It's not about being right. It's about diffusing the conflict and focusing on the relationship. Because can I just say, if we always want to be right, many times we're going to find ourselves alone. Many times we put right over relationship and nobody wins. And one of the greatest tests I would think that we have as Christians or anybody is that how we react when others disagree with us. Now some folks believe it's their job to decimate a person that disagrees with them. You know those kind of folks, right? On social media, hello, right? Pastor Jeff says don't be janky on, on social media. And some of us need to stop being janky on social media. Because we think if anybody disagrees with us, it's our job to set them straight. Experts even say that some folks are addicted to anger. And you say, what does that mean? Well, some people don't have any emotion really outside of anger. And so in order for them to feel alive, they feel like they have to go around and pick fights with folks. And so maybe you know someone like that as well. And then there's others on the other side of the coin that feel like, you know what, when there's a disagreement, I'm just going to roll over, I'm going to play dead, surrender, wave the white flag, peace at any cost, I don't want to fight. And I get that, but that's not even what I'm talking about either. I'm not talking about giving up your principles, what you feel like is important to know, for, to have people to know in a conversation, not talking about that either. There's a third option. Responding with gentleness. Strength, but under control. Words of wisdom, truth, but spoken in love. 
And those are the things that I'm talking about. In fact, Titus 2 and 8 is a phenomenal verse. I think this is one that we should pin up on our mirror in our bathrooms every day so that we can read. And it says this, your conversation should be so what? Oh, your conversation should be so sensible that anyone who wants to argue will be ashamed because there won't be anything to criticize in anything you say. Wow. Can you imagine living a life that no one ever has anything negatively to say about you because your conversation is so sensible? There's nothing negative to say. And that's what God is challenging us to do as we're having this fruit of the Spirit developed in our life. General George Patton said, never fight a battle when you won't gain anything by winning. Again, is the relationship more important than being right in some situations? Gentleness diffuses anger. I was an education major in high school, or in college, sorry. And when I was getting ready to go into my student teaching, uh, they began to teach us techniques that we could use in the classroom, especially with little kids. And one of those was, if you have a room full of little kids, 26 or 27, some of you teachers know that, a very large group of kids, that when they're all talking, if you'll just begin as the teacher, as the leader, to begin to lower your voice and maybe even whisper, especially when they're little, they'll, they'll start thinking, what is she doing? And, and they'll begin to quieten down, and then they'll begin to be able to hear what it is that you're saying. And it works many times. When others raise their voice, I should lower mine. And I thought this was so important that I would even make it a next step on the back of our connection card today. And it says this, I will do my best to lower my voice when other people raise theirs. Would you take that challenge with me today? Would that be something that you feel like you could do? And if so, I would love for you to just check that on the box and if you'll pray for me, I'll pray for you, okay? And we'll try to do that together. Jesus was just the author of gentleness. And I think what he was trying to tell us was this, that we are never persuasive when we're abrasive. Now, you know you cannot come to SEC and not get a line that rhymes, right? And so here it is. You are never persuasive when you are abrasive, if you want to pull people over to your side, you've got to learn to be not abrasive. You've got to learn to be gentle, strength under control. Why? Because gentleness diffuses conflict. The second thing that I think we have to do today, the second thing I have to do, we have to do, and I'm going to have to explain this one after you write it down. It may be a little weird, but it says this. Number two, pursue what truly makes me attractive. Pursue what truly makes me attractive. Gentleness is attractive. Think about it on your job. Think about it as uh, your uh, people that you're attracted to as friends. Think about you if you're looking for a spouse. Gentleness is attractive because dating is hard, right? Can we just be honest? Can you go back in your mind, especially if you're married, and think about when you were dating, how hard it is, right? I remember when Danny, my husband, who he's, he's if you don't know Danny, he's the hot guy that sings right here in the middle. And uh, 
So he, he sings, and I remember when he, we were in our 20s, he started coming back to this church. He went here as a little kid, and, and so he came back, and, and uh, we started talking and that kind of thing. And he said, hey, I want to come to your connect group. And I was like, okay. And so he began coming to my connect group. And then as uh, the weeks went on, he began to stay after when everybody else was gone to help clean up. You know what I'm saying? And so he would help, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And then a few more weeks went on. And uh, after everybody left, he kind of disappeared into the restroom. He was in there for a while. And I was like, what is going on? Is he sick or something, you know? And so then finally he comes out and he's like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And I kind of knew where this was going. I got to be honest with you guys. Because I had a little insider information from another person. And they were kind of telling me what was going on with him. And so I could kind of see where this was going. So I was like, oh, yeah. Let me know. What's going on? Do you have a problem or something? You know, I was just playing the pastoral role because it was just fun. Just to kind of drag him along. And um, he's like, no, I, I just, I, I want us to go out. And I was like, still playing along. Danny, we, we go out all the time. Our connect group and all our friends, we go out. What do you mean? I was being really mean, but it was fun. And um, he said, he said, no, no, no. I, I want just you and me to go out. And I was like, and so for, for dramatic effect, I sat down. I was like, oh, you know. Like, I was all flustered and stuff, you know. And I was like, okay, um, wow, I'm, I'm just so shocked. And um, let me think about this for a second. And uh, so he, he kind of began to talk, you know. And, and I said, well, you know, I, th I think we could do that. But I said, I think we should just date as friends first. And what that means is you and I will just hang out together. That's fine. But we'll just date as friends first, and, and we'll see, you know, if we think we're compatible, if we want to be, if we're really good friends and that kind of thing. And that means no holding hands. That's just going out as friends. He said, okay, I can, I can do that. And so for six months, I had dated losers before, okay? And so I was just going to make sure this was not one of those cases. And so bless his heart, for six months, we went out as friends. I made him read a book. I mean, we read a book together about dating and all that kind of thing. And so we were ready. You know, when we started dating, we knew we wanted, we, if he could put up with that, and, and you know, he was, he was ready to do that. So dating is hard. I get that, okay? So if you want to be attractive, one of the traits that you can learn to produce in your life is gentleness. Gentleness is attractive. So today, I have a, a couple of verses here. And uh, let me just preface this by saying, you know, Pastor Jeff says a lot of times, we don't attract what we want, we attract what we are, right? So if you want a godly man, you better be a godly woman. Amen? And if you want to be, you know, the opposite, the godly woman, you need to, you know, make sure that you're attracting the godly people in your life. So I've got two verses here. I've got one for the guys and one for the girls, but let me just say, you know, Girls, you may kind of relate more to the ones for the guys or vice versa, and that's okay, just depending on your type of personality. But I'm going to say this one is for the guys because Paul is mentoring a young guy here named Timothy, and so that's, this is what he says. He says in 1 Timothy 6 and 11, he says this, As a man of God, pursue what God approves of. So what are those things? Godliness, faith, 
love, endurance, and oh, by the way, what's that last one? Oh, gentleness. We should pursue that too as godly men. We should, we should pursue faith as people that are following after Christ. We should, we should pursue godliness, trying to be godlike. We should, we should pursue endurance, which is not giving up, and love, which is doing to others how we'd want them to do to us. And oh, gentleness, strength under control. Gentleness is attractive. So girls, I have a verse for you too, okay? First Peter 3 and 4, it says this. Be known for the beauty that comes from where? Within. The unfading beauty of a what? And quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Now, ladies, listen, I know some of us are not quiet in our personalities, and that's okay. That's not what God's talking about right here. But how we respond to people can be gentle, right? How we respond to them in love and with respect can be seen as gentle. And let me just say, beauty fades, right? So God, he's saying right here, the unfading beauty of a gentle person never fades because beauty does fade on the outside, right? I mean, if you're over 30, it's starting to go. Can I just say, right? It's, things are changing, people. And then when you cl keep climbing that ladder, it just keeps on changing, all right? Beauty fades, and that's okay. Because that's not what we're pursuing. We're pursuing what's within, which is the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. I love that. And so I hope that we'll pursue that as well. Gentleness is attractive. And gentleness brings respect. On your jobs, in school, with your parents, with your children. If we show respect to others, they will in turn respect you. And so I got to thinking about connect groups as I was talking through all that, you know. And, and we're offering connect groups. In fact, our connect group semester starts next Sunday. And so we want you to be a part of a connect group. What is a connect group? It's where six to eight, maybe 12 people meet for about six weeks through the summer especially. We start next week and end up around August. And so if you're not going to be here a, a lot during the summer, that's okay. Just come when you can. And pick a group that's listed inside our program today. On the back of your connection card, you can let us know what group you want to be a part of. And listen, connect group is a way that you can practice this fruit of the Spirit. Because there's going to be some people in that group that you need to be patient with. There's going to be some people in that room that you need to be gentle with. And listen, if you're looking for a spouse, that's cool, but don't be creepy. Right? I mean, I found my spouse in a connect group. That's pretty cool. So if you're going, you know, don't be creepy. And if you hang out in the bathroom a lot, some guys hanging out in the bathroom after everybody else has left, Danny told me later he was praying, okay? So just know that. They might just be praying so that they know what to say. But sign up for a connect group. We don't want you to be left out uh, this summer. Now, thirdly, here we go. Not only does gentleness diffuse conflict not only is gentleness attractive but if we want to be gentle I think there's a third and most important thing we have to do and that is this we have to learn from Jesus 
Learn from Jesus. I think we can look at Matthew 11, 28 and 29 here, and we can learn from him because these are his words. And so this is what he says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Uh, How many of us could use some of that? Take my yoke upon you, and this is what he says, and learn from me. For I'm what? He's gentle, and he's humble in heart. And again, you'll find, what is it that we need? Rest for our souls. Gentleness brings a certain peace in our life. When we learn to be gentle, we learn to be less stressed. What is gentleness? Strength, but under control. That's what gentleness is. And the way that it brings less stress in our life is that we learn to live in peace with others. And we learn to respond respectfully. And I know if you're like me, you could live with a little bit of less stress in our life. We could live with that. I know we've talked about yokes before. This verse talks about a yoke, and if you don't know, a yoke is, if you can picture, picture like two oxen, and they would take this piece of wood and kind of fashion it with these, the oxen would kind of stick their head through that, the hole there, and they would hold them and kind of harness them together. And they were designed specifically for two animals to help them to learn to work together. And Jesus is saying, if you'll let me come alongside, if you'll let me walk with you, you'll find rest. If you'll let me carry this burden with you, you'll find less stress. You'll find that I'm gentle, Jesus said, and you'll find that I'm humble. And we can do this together in peace. And you'll find rest for your soul. Because here's the thing. We can't manufacture it ourselves. We can't produce it ourselves. And so you may ask, how do I let God produce it in me? What do I do? And I've got two very simple things that you can do. The first is pray. Pray and ask God to help me to treat others the way Jesus would treat them. And the second is practice. When you pray, ask God to remind you that when a situation comes your way, that you would respond in gentleness. And then when he reminds you and a situation comes your way, practice. Let him begin to work it out and produce it in you. Pray and practice. I thought one of the very most simple ways that we could do that is Many of you are going to leave today. You're going to go to a restaurant or this week you're going to stop by a coffee shop. You're going to get your nails done. You're going to do all kinds of things that's going to require someone to give you customer service. Maybe many of you work in the customer service field. And so you would appreciate what I'm about to say. When those of us especially that are walking into a restaurant, especially if you have an SEC shirt on, then we need to learn to be understanding and not demanding. Would you agree with that? If you want good service, learn to be understanding and not demanding. I was in a restaurant, it it was probably like 10 years ago. We left church one day, 
And it was a big group of us. And you just know when you're going to a restaurant on Sunday, it's going to be busy, right? And so you just got to go with the mindset that I got to be patient today. It's going to be busy. And so I'm good. Church is over. We're just relaxing. I think we're at Longhorn down in McDonough. And we were all sitting there. And the server was just working as hard as she could. And my tea glass got empty. And so I said, ma'am, when you come back, if you get a minute, would you mind just bringing me back some more tea? And she said, sure, I'll be right back. And the lady sitting next to me said, when she gets a minute, that's her job. And I looked at her and I thought, I bet a lot of servers spit in your food. (laughs) Gentleness is also good for your health. We need to learn to be understanding and not demanding. Amen? And another way is that we can be gentle and not judgmental. When people let us down, when they disappoint us, when they do these things that we never thought they were capable of doing, we can learn to be gentle and not judgmental. You know the people in the Bible that Jesus got the most angry at was those that were self-righteous and judgmental. We call them the Pharisees. He never got angry at the sinner. He always got angry at the people that thought they were better than everybody else. So we need to learn to be gentle and not judgmental. And can I just say that maybe you're here today and you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're like, you know, I could use a little less stress in my life. I could use more peace. And I want to get to know Jesus. And he can bring you A life that, he doesn't promise us a life that is trouble-free. He he tells us and promises us that there will be trouble. But if you need someone to walk alongside you, and in the end, with the hope that all the things that happen to us that we hate will be worked for our good, then you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so inside your program, there's a prayer that you can pray. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come forward. just going to ask you to read it along with me even silently as I read it aloud you just read it to yourself and if you believe this with all your heart Jesus come into your life and he'll give you the peace he'll give you forgiveness and he'll be the Lord and Savior of all watch what it says dear Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior please help me to turn from my sins and do your will In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you today, thank you so much for taking that step. And the only thing that we ask you to do is just turn over your connection card on the back and just check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. We just want to send you some things in the mail and help you along in your journey. What does God want to produce in us? Galatians tells us again, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness strength under control my nephew is um, 13 years old and he has autism and he has autism because of a genetic uh, I don't even know what you would call it but it's genetic in our family it's most people have autism because they don't even know uh, why but we actually know that there's a gene in our family it's called fragile X and so because of that Uh, we have a a 50% chance of um, 
him having um, autism, and he does. But he is the kindest kid. He is so loving, and we are so proud of him. He won the, um, the character award at his school, and he's starting a new school uh, this fall, and we're just so proud of him. And I was thinking about him, and I came across a story uh, about a little girl named Rachel who has autism. She's seven years old. And Rachel had been to all the traditional therapies, um, you know, that kids can go to because she just she couldn't focus, she just couldn't sit still. And even though there's no cure for autism and, and, and that kind of thing, um, her, her mom would find that they would try to prescribe her drugs to help her sit still. And there's just something in her that she just couldn't focus. And so they heard about this horse farm that you could take kids to, and it was kind of a therapy for kids with autism, and it, it was working really well for some kids. Uh, they were able to, to be less stressed and to calm. And so Rachel's mom decided she would take her counselor, went along with her. And as they got to this horse farm, they met this horse named Alfie. Alfie was a tall gray horse with dark eyes. And Rachel just stood at the fence, just staring at Alfie for probably like three or four minutes. Finally, she got the courage to walk through the gate. And she inched closer and closer to Alfie. And when she got right to him, she reached her hand up to try to touch his nose. And when she did that, Alfie, of course, reached his nose down to her and sniffed her hand. And when he did, she pulled her hand away really quickly. And she turned around and she began to walk toward the gate. But right before she exited, she turned back around and was surprised to find that Alfie was standing right in front of her. And the counselor said, Rachel, Alfie likes you. And when she said that, the mom said that her mouth dropped so wide and the biggest smile that she's ever seen, the most emotion that she's ever seen her child give. Because Alfie didn't see a kid with autism, Alfie just saw a child. And, and she knew that if she could learn to trust Alfie, that maybe she could learn to trust people. Dr. Temple Grandin is an expert on autism, not just because of her training, but because she has autism herself. And any documentary you can ever watch about her you should watch but she says when a child receives unconditional acceptance from a horse a small part of their soul is healed can I tell you today that when you extend gentleness to some people that a small part of their broken world may be healed and when you begin to produce fruit in your life and you begin to offer that to other people that a small part of your broken world may be healed as well. Gentleness, strength under control. Would you stand and let me pray with you today? God, we love you. Thank you for this unbelievable church that I get to be part of and I get to learn and grow with that we get to be here for one another. God, remind us that the fruit that you're trying to produce within us 
will not only heal others when offered to them, but will heal us. That God, our church exists to offer people an opportunity for a better life. And when we offer that opportunity, that we are healed. When we offer that opportunity, that same thing that was offered to us, that people come to know you and the hope that they find in you, they will find rest for their souls. They will find peace. And they can learn from you because you're gentle and you're humble. Jesus, thank you for what you're working in us. Remind us to be understanding and not demanding, to be gentle and not judgmental. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. We can all say together, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.